Hi and hello, Watch fans, and welcome to episode 66 of Fratello On Air, otherwise known as Watching Sports and Sporting Watchers 9.6. Last week, we were treated to the melodious tones of a professional athlete's voice taking the place of either the fridges or the freezers. This week, however, we're back together in the smooth booth, preparing ourselves for another grilling at the expertly sharpened tongues of our listeners. That's right, we're diving back into the mailbag for a couple of questions each, and I must say from the ones that I've picked to ask Balaj, they are very watch-centric indeed. Let's find out what kind of firecrackers the Hungarian hush puppy is sitting on this week. Welcome to the show, Balaj. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> wow. What can I say after such a lovely intro? I'm doing good. How are you, man? How's things in the UK this time? Wow, man, it's amazing. I've missed this climate something rotten. It's the first time in nine months I haven't been sweating out my eyeballs. So yeah, wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. What is that, uh, 12 degrees? Something like that, yeah. Thank goodness for that. No, it's, uh, it's just so hot over in Germany, you know, like, uh, and it sits on me in a way that I just can't handle it. So over here, yeah, pleasant as you like. The water tastes amazing. I haven't been out of the house um, for a few days. The hoose, you mean? The, the hoose. The hoose. I haven't been out of the hoose for a few days. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm lodging with my mother. Things are going pretty well so far. We haven't had too many blazing rows. So yeah, fingers crossed that continues. I've only got another couple of days before I can go back out into the wild and we'll see what happens then. Hmm. Interesting. You're back in Germany now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm back in, back in my bedroom recording another podcast. Well, you know, it could be worse. At least you got company. I mean, I'm in my sister's bedroom, so. Uh, I don't have company. I'm alone. You're I'm, the only company. I, I, I'm with you. I'm here with ah, you. Ah, okay. Always. We're well, together. It's, uh, <laughs> awesome. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> All right, talking of being together, uh, we're trying to, as always, establish firmer bonds between us and our listeners. And thankfully, our listeners are still talking to us, even though we took a couple of weeks off from the mailbag. We're going to dive back into it. We've got a couple of questions each. Um, why don't you kick things off, Balaj? Because I'm curious to hear what you have in line for me. Okay. So I have um, two emails with me. The first one is coming from Germany, um, from a young gentleman called Markus Grünfeld, and he's writing us from Hamburg. Hello, Markus. He's a 29-year-old uh, civil engineer, as a matter of fact. So Markus is a civil engineer, and um, well, he loves to travel. And he told me that his goal is to visit each and every beach there is on Earth. Imagine that. Like What's, each and every beach. I mean, Surely that's Like impossible. one in every country, at least. Oh, yeah, right. Like okay. one from... Not not like, yeah, well, come on. It's like you go to Santa Monica, it's like, you know, as one. And then, no, no, no. But like, go to every beach. At least touch it from. So like Mediterranean, you have to go to like Italy and you have to go to like uh, France and, you know, one from Spain, each country. Spain, maybe. Spain, right. Yeah, Spain, Greece. Okay, okay. Anyways, so that's his, that's his goal. And um, so he loves snorkeling and um, he wants to get his paddy certification. This year, this summer. Okay. Um, and I guess you see where this one's going, right? He's not looking for a chronograph <laughs> or a dress watch. Oh, really? So he has two questions for us. First of all, he wants to know if we have a petty certification or if we, you know, we dive or if we snorkel, anything like that. And second of all, well, not me, but you, because I'm asking the question. Um, and second of all, he's um, to, to him, it's a huge step, right, to get this paddy certification. So he wants to get a watch, and he wants to do this whole school 
with this one watch. He wants to buy it new, and um, he just wants us to to come up with a few, you know, ideas, few contenders for this um, awesome experience that he's about to um, take part in. In a few weeks, he said, few months. Well, July, uh, August. Sorry, two months, one and a half month. So we need some divers, probably that can that he can buy and wear it throughout, and then will be forever connected to his petty um, school and certification. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a petty petty uh, psycho or anything like that. Okay. So what do you have in mind? Oh, just before, so I give you some time to think. He also told me that he um, uh, he has a speedy. Uh, he bought the new one, the new Hasselite Speedy Pro. Nice. Um, and and he has an old Seamaster DeVille that he got from his dad, uh, probably his dad's old Seamaster DeVille. So, I mean, we could go the Omega route, right? Or we can go wherever we want. But he had a Speedy Pro chronograph. He has a vintage Seamaster DeVille as a dress watch. A nice diver that he can use while diving for Patty could be um, his next watch. Well, okay, I'll start from the top. I'm not a Paddy certified diver. Uh, Dave is, and uh, G2 is, G2 right? is, yeah. Um, and I, I think Andreas uh, is also uh, mm-hmm. a diver. I do like to snorkel. And in fact, I have, I have some uh, flippers right next to me um, on the floor. Just some little ones that I carry around with me. I have a... Why? Why? <laughs> well, Took I, a bath earlier today? Or um, no, I uh, I emptied my car as soon as I got back to England and I, I brought everything that I had in it um, inside because I needed to have some work done on the car. And um, my flippers were just in the back of my car. I always had my uh, water sports gear in the back of the car because I'm a kayaker and a paddleboarder and... Uh, Soon to be a pack rafter, and uh, I have these. I have these flippers that I sometimes. I always have them stashed in my kayak in case, like, I want to jump out of the kayak and do a bit of snorkeling. Um, so yeah, that's as that's as deep as I go. So I'm uh, I'm not a pro fee diver, unfortunately. I would love to mm-hmm. be, and I have plans to train and get my certification. Also, uh, hopefully, as part of a content creation push for Fratello, because I think it'd be fascinating for the readers to see that if they haven't done it themselves and maybe inspire some people to go and do it and uh, get some of these desk divers away from the desk and back into the big blue because that would be yeah nice mm. for them and the wearers i'm sure so this is an interesting question okay so it's come to me cold and i'm thinking about it i'm thinking that sometimes when divers or would-be divers ask for advice because i'm not a certified diver maybe i'm not the best person to give it but i i also temper that concern with the understanding that these days all professional divers will dive with a computer, right? So anybody that's doing it probably has yes. a computer with them. So I'm guessing that people these days mostly carry dive watches as a as a mechanical backup, perhaps, um, mm-hmm. but, but also because it is just fun to use them. And I think what he's saying, what Marcus is saying, is that he wants like a memento to sort of mark the occasion, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of a memento than anything else, to be honest. Okay, so Marcus, my, my first advice is ask somebody that really knows dive computers and get one of those. And then then you could – well, you didn't give me a budget, so maybe I should go for a few across the spectrum. No, he didn't give me a budget, but I don't – I mean, I don't know. I don't think he like wants a, to go crazy. It sounds like money is maybe not the prime concern for him. I, I, get, I guess that he could probably afford some pretty cool stuff if he wanted it. So let's let's start – Let's start right near the top then. I would say 
yeah, I mean, Omega is a great place to start. You know I love the Ploprof, the 1200. And um, I prefer the old steel version that RJ wears Mm -hmm. over the modern titanium one. But the modern titanium one does have some advantages. The main one for me, if it's a watch that you're going to wear like through throughout your regular life as well as your diving career, is that open case back. I mean, the open mm-hmm. case back hasn't sacrificed the water resistance of the Omega Plo Prof at all. It hasn't changed it by a single meter as far as they're concerned. So there's no reason not to trust it, although some purists would always prefer a closed case back on a diver. I think the Plo Prof, for me, would be like the grail of all divers. It is the most divey dive watch you can get, and you can quote me on that. Hmm. I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, if you don't want to spend so much money, then one of the best value divers in on the whole market is definitely the Omega Seamaster 300M. Definitely. Um, at under 5,000 euros, it's an absolute steal because you've got the great in-house movement and you've got the view of it from the back and you've got the ceramic dial with the beautiful engraved wave pattern, which used to look awful, in my opinion, in the, in the 90s. The pad printed wave patterns were not to my liking at all. This modern generation is gorgeous. Yes, it has that maybe unnecessary helium valve around 10 o'clock. I can live with it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite actually keen on the silhouette of the 300M now. I've got very used to it. I'd go for the standard blue or black version. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the white dials. I really don't like the gray dial with the uh, blue bezel lever. So yeah, I'd keep it simple and go for one of those if you want to. If you want to stick with the Omega family, that's just just great stuff. And um, beyond that, we've covered recently on Fratello a couple of interesting dive options. One of them was actually covered this. Not this week. It was last week, I think. It was uh, the Citizen Promaster Aqualand BJ216703E dive watch. Now, this is a typical Citizen dive watch, as in it looks like a, a shuriken factory exploded in front of it, and it's got this huge jagged bezel on it and all these sensors everywhere and stubby but wide and heavily loomed hands and dials and whatever. Anyway, this thing is well thought of amongst dive communities as far as i'm aware i've spoken to the guys that actually dive in the team and they were all quite impressed by it and it's an absolute snip at 695 euros or something crazy like that if and i'm just checking the price in front of me but i'm pretty sure that it was around that yeah 695 695 euros for this thing and yeah it looks it looks fantastic you're not gonna um get missed wearing that that's for sure and you could probably take it off and use it as a, a bludgeon if you're ever attacked on the street or underwater by a shark. So um, that's a pretty neat option right at the other end of the price scale. And uh, mm-hmm. well, okay. If let, what, my last, my last suggestion, uh, and if I were to buy a dive watch tomorrow and it's the dive watch that is top of my list without a doubt, and it has been for many years and I don't know why I don't own one yet. It is an embarrassment. It's the Tudor Pelagos LHD. I oh. think it's an absolute stunner. I mean, Interesting. I've talked at length and I always talk at length. You can just cut that bit out and use that for anything. But I've talked at length about how the association with Rolex and its cachet has a massive positive effect on Tudor as a brand. And 
there are very many naysayers still around about Tudor going, oh, it's poor man's Rolex, oh, it's this, that, and the other. But it's quite clear, I think, to see what Rolex is doing with the Tudor brand, how it's it's filling this price point that Rolex wanted to leave behind. Rolex wanted to increase its prices for ages, but couldn't do that and just leave like this huge gap between zero and the entry level. It just it wouldn't have washed with the customer base. And so they had to find something to fill it and to protect the Rolex brand, they filled it with another brand, and that's Tudor. And yet while these two companies aren't in the same building, the transference of know-how, I think, is totally undeniable. The quality of this thing, when you get it in your hands and you look at it, and even when you hold it next to a sub, you know, to me, it's much and a muchness. Yes, it hasn't got the 904L steel. Instead, it has a titanium case, which works incredibly well for a dive watch. And it's on the titanium bracelet that is super comfortable to wear and has probably the best micro adjustment clasp on a diver in the industry the only one that comes close to it is the ploprof and the only reason why i might rank the pelago slightly above it is because the ploprof is just so enormous and so comically over engineered it doesn't really make sense from a daily wear perspective but the pelagos does the lhd crown is a nice little the destro crown i love that word is a nice little quirk and the colorway for me is absolutely divine so that would be my answer for marcus that's a long ass answer. Yeah, well, I'm Rob Nuds. What do you expect? <laughs> what do you say? Get a swatch. <laughs> remember that. Remember that. Um, uh, that uh, was that. Uh, Dave Chappelle skit. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm Rob Nuds, bitch. I'm Rob Nuds, bitch. Start saying that. Yeah. <laughs> the Nuds. Um, well, Marcus, I have one word, uh, two words for you. Three, technically. Certina DS PH200M. Enough said. Yeah, that's a really good shout, actually. I mean, it's almost impossible to fault that watch for its price point. And that is the only thing you can say for its price point. Yep. You know, yep. unbelievable yep. stuff. Below a K, uh, beautiful blue bezel with the gold indices, gold hands, white, uh, secondhand white indexes, 200 meter water resistance. <laughs> buy one even if you buy a decent ploprof or whatever still buy this one i love you it you need to buy this one i mean you were it's so a, impressed yeah. by that i i've uh, i have had one of those yeah. haven't i because they sent they sent well, us one for well, our you giveaway. had the one yeah yeah, yeah. you had, i also want to say you had the one that 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 we gave away because uh, i sent you the package so you at least saw that one i hope yeah, I did see it. And I mean, I didn't try it on because it was a it was a gift for the winner of our Watch On Your Wrist competition that we ran towards the end of 2020. But I did oh. get it out of the box and have an examination of it. And I was just, I was incredibly impressed. I loved that um, domed ceramic bezel. I thought it was just a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, really, really nice. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the answer to you, Marcus, um, from Rob. And from me, and by the way, I don't have a pedal certification either, and I had uh, operation both of my ears when I was a kid, so I can't really dive, and I can't really become a diver or uh, an, uh, a pilot, like an airplane pilot, for the same reason. Little trivia for you. So, Rob, kick it. All righty then. So, uh, Jeremy Hennigan, a big basketball fan from Milton Keynes in the UK, says that the end of the NHL and NBA seasons are approaching, and that means big trips to the White House on offer for the winning teams. Visiting President Biden, who himself is a watch collector, is an awesome opportunity, but you've got to dress to impress, right? That's Jeremy asking that question, right? 
Jain, as the Germans say. Jain, I don't care okay. about Biden. Okay. I don't want to impress him. All I right. want to impress the ladies. <laughs> oh, right. Not not what, Biden. Kamala Harris, you mean uh, Madam Vice President. No, no, not not that lady. No, no, the younger ladies, the, the interns. And not the Monica Lewinsky types, you know, just... I want to put it out there because I know there are a lot of ladies like that in the White House. Good grief. Do not get into politics or maybe do. Maybe you're exactly the kind of guy that should. I don't know. You sound like you should be an Italian. No, 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 no. no. Go, for, go for that. You know, oh, um, an old uh, one. An old one. A really one of the old one. one. Old, old prime ministers, you mean. Yes. Yeah. That sounds right up your street. Anyway. Um, okay. So you don't want to impress Biden, but you do want to impress all of his young and vulnerable employees. No, that's so, not what I'm saying. No, no, it? no, no. That's not what I was saying. No. In general, you oh, want to impress general. the ladies. N oh. In general, you don't want to impress any uh, young uh, interns. Or no, no, no. Okay. I never had sex with that woman. Uh, no. Yeah. All right. Um, never took had sex. No. All right. Or if you okay, Bill. Uh, all right. So <laughs> Jerry wants to know. Uh, sorry, Jeremy. I'm getting very familiar with him after. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Springer. Sorry, we Jerry to wants to know. <laughs> Who's the father? Definitely Balazs. The answer is Nuts, bitch. Rob Nuts, bitch. Rob Nuts, bitch. I, uh, I, okay, I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting dragged into your seedy world of uh, political nope. maneuvering. Okay, so Jeremy wants to know, what are your three top dress watchers and why? And he also wants to know how we would define uh, a dress watch um, by modern standards. So uh, that's a discussion that we can both have. We can do this either way you want. You can either drop your dress watches first, or we can discuss what you think a dress watch is in 2021. What do you want to go for? We can discuss what a dress watch is in 2021, but I think the 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 term dress watch is kind of a new thing, right? Because back in the day, Every watch was more or less a dress watch. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. I it? Uh, I don't know about that. That's a very good question. You mean, when did the term dress watch actually originate? I mean, I don't think people said dress watch, oh, I'm going to get this dress watch versus I'm going to get this diver or sports watch back in the 50s and 60s. Because most watches on the market were simple time-only watches, which we now call dress watches. And when I think of a dress watch, and I'm a vintage guy at heart. As you know, I mostly think of one of my time-only watches from the 50s or 60s. But back then, they were just watches. Right, and okay. if so... it was a diver or it was a chronograph, then it was like a special watch for... I mean, divers didn't emerge until the 50s, right? So the very first divers were what, like the... Well, we say the 50 Fathoms was the first real yeah. diver. And that's 53, I think. Yeah, 52, 53, 54. Right. Okay. So um, so prior to that, what you're saying is basically all the watches that were being made would fall into what we kind of use as a broad definition of dress watch in 2021, right? So you're talking oh, like... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah so, I think so. So time... But, you know, not all those watches, not all those watches might fit that definition. The question is, are these watches time only? Does a dress watch have to be time only? We're talking like what you'd wear at like no. a very formal dinner, really, no. aren't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no. Uh, well, let's. You're right. Let's just go from the the attire uh, angle, right? Like, what do you wear? What do you consider a dress watch? A dress watch is a watch that you wear with a formal, smart 
attire, right? So maybe chino and and a shirt and a, a jacket or a suit or obviously a tuxedo, whatever. Um, well, that's a pretty dress... broad spectrum of clothes right there. Because look, part of my, my interest in this question yeah. really originated because we had a comment from one of our regular commenters. He comments a lot on the blog to watch as well. And he really took umbrage with me referring in passing once, I think, to the date just as a dressy kind of watch. And he, this guy is a former military man, retired, and mm-hmm. he very much holds the traditions of the forces to heart and all traditions to heart by the sounds of things. And he was like, a dress mm-hmm. watch is quite clearly a slim, time-only, two-handed watch on a leather strap. So that went really, really far down that road of simplicity uh, for me, really much further than I expected. You know, the, the two-handed thing was like, whoa, geez, so I can't even have a sub-dial, I can't even have a centre-second hand. To me, that was too much. And I was saying to him, you know, traditions, traditions are just a point in time frozen and then perpetuated, right? You know, they start all the time, constantly. We're starting new tradition, new traditions now. We're starting new traditions now. And in a hundred years, what we do today uh, that seems new and exciting will just become a tradition one way or the other. And old traditions will die and old things will fall out of favor. So I don't really hold fast to this idea that a tradition is locked in stone. And just because it was that way and because it fit that definition at one time that we should like push for it to be that way always. I know that traditionalists believe that, but that's like my dad that believes that the English language stopped evolving in 1950 when he was born and that any neologism since is nonsense or American. So like, I'm really, I'm really over that kind of attitude. And I want to say nowadays in 2021, let's not look back to the past. Let's not pollute our thoughts too much with like when the term dress watch emerged and why it had to, and what it, defined way back when what now do we really think as young ish watch collectors address watch should be so go ahead describe one to me tell me what it has to have or tell me what it's not allowed to have okay this is a subjective thing right i don't think there's to to a point so for me address watch doesn't have a rotating bezel okay and that leaves all the steel uh, sports watches out, right? To me, a right. GMT, my GMT Rolex is not a dress watch. A sub is not a dress watch. Would I wear it with a suit? Sure, why not? But I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to have enough watches, more elegant pieces, more classic looking pieces that I can choose from. And so I would go with a steel or a precious metal, time only watch, maybe with a date. Not necessarily with a chronograph, you know. I would go with my 1956 uh, Omega Jumbo with a, a, yeah. a reference 2505. I would go with uh, my 38 millimeter Tissot time only, not even a date. I would go with perhaps even, okay, I'm just contradicting myself. I would even go with one of my Angelus Chronodatos, um, which which do have a uh, those those watches do have chronograph uh, chronograph uh, complication as well as a triple date, um, but it's because the style is so elegant and classy. I might even go with that one. But a modern Speedmaster to me is not a dress watch. Did I wear my Speedmaster with suits many times? But in technically speaking, I think it's you know it's not a a quintessential dress watch. 
I hundred percent agree. So that's with you. what I would, I, go. and I would go with leather strap. Right. Yeah, I think that the leather strap is probably quite important. Actually, um, I think this is what he took umbrage with mostly yeah. about my uh, claim the date just could be worn as a dress watch. But of course, you can wear a date just on a leather strap. But I think his point was um, it had a date, and it was uh, you know traditionally on a jubilee, or or at least thought of as being traditionally on a jubilee mm-hmm. now. So. That was his problem there. Um, it's interesting that you really don't draw a line at any kind of complication uh, or complexity of the dial at all. And I think that what I'm talking about really is um, there's different shades of formal situation, right? So I think that a GMT master or even a sub, you can wear that with like a business suit. Like if you're in a business meeting, if you're like a, a CEO of a company, that's totally fine work attire. I think really when I'm thinking of dress watches, I'm thinking of those very special, very unusual, very pared back, very elegant. You said it. That was the word that really stuck out to me. Very elegant watches that you would wear with white tie or black tie. And I'm talking like you're like right up there at that top table of like uh, class and refinement and sartorial elegance. So yeah, I'd say leather strap, definitely necessary. Slimline case. I don't think it has to be precious metal, but I know some people think that it does. Um, I would go time only, maybe mm-hmm. a date if it was a very unobtrusive date, but um, something like a Cartier Tank or whatever is 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 great. Or I, I like my yeah. my Nomos watches. They uh, like a, a Ryan is a is a great mm-hmm. one for me, even though as a sub second style. I think they're great. I think they're great modern dress watches. Uh, anyway, so now over to you entirely. Now we've prefaced this question. What are your top three? I mean. Let's give Jeremy some watches that you can maybe go and buy or seek out on Chrono 24 if he's after a, a pre-loved model. So what would you recommend he goes after? So I kind of wanted to pick a watch from each price category or whatever. I just went with an expensive one, a semi-expensive one, and uh, a, an affordable one, right? And so for, I guess, the expensive, I went with the Patek Calatrava 6119R. This is the, uh, the new Calatrava, which has a rose gold case it's 39 millimeters so it's and i think this is something we should talk about like if a dress watch should be 42 44 or 25 or 36 whatever i think a dress watch should be sub 40 so at 39 millimeter that's a perfect size it doesn't have a date it's a time only watch with a sub second at six o'clock beautiful gold case beautiful brown crocodile strap um sorry alligator strap so that would be my you know hand wound movement that would be my creme de la creme dress watch. I think a 6119 Calatrava is, you know, you can say it's the quintessential dress watch with the Clou de Paris decoration, the bezel, and it's just a beautiful piece. Do you agree with that? I think it's a really strong choice. Yeah, I think um, there would be few people that would argue that it's a, a stone cold classic. Is it to my liking? No, I think it's stuffy as hell. But, um, you know, I think it's a great recommendation. Yeah, mine either, but, but it's, yeah. It's it's just a nice watch. Then in between, I picked something interesting, which we covered last week. Uh, last Tuesday came out, and that's the new Armin Strom Tribute One, which uh, which was released last Tuesday, uh, and we covered Adam Fratello. And that's a that's an interesting timepiece because this is not from one of those you know traditional big powerhouses, right? Armin Strom is a is an auto luxury company in, from BLPN. Switzerland. Um, they're uh, they're not Swiss uh, French. They're Swiss Germans. So and they're proud of being Swiss Germans. Um, 
And this is their the the entry level or the the most affordable of all Armin Ströms. They have the System Seventy Eight collection, which so far only had the Gravity Equal Force, which is a beautiful watch. You had the maybe you remember the bridges were um, very similar to old pocket watch bridges, but of course, Rob, you know more about that than I do. Why and how those bridges were um, were like that in old pocket watches, and then this watch, the Tribute One, is. A time only, uh, a simple time only watch. This is their dress watch, and they they even call it the the, the modern execution of a dress watch, according to um, Armstrong. It's uh, it has a, a thirty eight millimeter steel case, an off center dial that dials towards the eight nine rather nine ten o'clock uh, position. Uh, it has a, a crazy uh, one hundred hour power reserve. It has a huge barrel, beautiful hand. Um, wound movement, beautiful decoration on the back, and the price is uh, around fourteen thousand Swiss francs, so thirteen thousand nine hundred to be exact. And um, of course, it comes with a leather strap, on an Alcantara leather strap, just like the Patek. And so, if you want something special, you know, it's very. I, I got the I got the Nomos vibe from it. I have to say, although it's really not like a normal but maybe because of the Alcantara strap maybe because that it's a modern piece but it's a dress watch which as I said to me it's more of a vintage thing I have a, a normal vibe uh, when I look at the watch so that would be my second choice what I love are you one. saying about that I absolutely love that I think that's a really smart choice I loved that watch when you wrote about it a couple of weeks ago or last week whenever it was it was just a, a real cool. shock to me I loved the movement on the back it's basically a well I say three quarter plate it's more like an 85% plate it's absolutely yeah. nuts like just super super elegant really slim really nice looking and something different and not something I was expecting from Armin Strom and something that I uh, yeah really respect him for best thing I've ever done in my opinion but that's just me there you go. So it's um, so it's not a bad choice. Um, I think um, yes, it's not a cheap watch, but um, for this money, what you're getting is obviously not a um, one of ten thousand pieces or hundred thousand pieces. This is handmade, hand finished. Uh, as I said, auto luxury watch. So um, for fourteen thousand Swiss francs, about what twelve thousand uh, euros or so, um, you could do much worse than that for this money. Um, I think it's a wonderful piece. And knowing Armin Ström, Ström as much as I know them and we know them, I'm pretty sure they're going to come out with new colors and new combinations. There's obviously the dial. The, the As I said, it's an off-center dial and there's a huge space around it in the case. So maybe there's going to be some, you know, some color combinations with like a gray and black and white. And they also did the purple gravity equal force, a blue one, beautiful blue dial. So who knows? Um I'm pretty sure that we're going to see some really amazing pieces. So that's my second choice. And then the third one is, a, as I said, it's a budget dress watch or an affordable one, if you will. And that's the Tissot Gentleman Powermatic 80 Silicium, which is below 1,000 euros. So 800, 620 pounds. I'm going to give it to you in pounds because you're in the UK now. So. And you can relate to that. Very um, nice. It's it's an automatic watch, um, steel case, beautiful electric blue deep blue dial. Uh, date at three o'clock. Um, automatic movement with the Powermatic eighty, um, so Powermatic eighty caliber automatic movement with a silicon a balance spring. So it's 
I guess it's not anti-magnetic, but it's you know more resistant to magnetic fields than than your average uh, automatic watch, and within eighty hours of power reserve in a black leather strap, um, you know for a th- under a thousand euros, I think it's a it's a beautiful timepiece. It's a it's a great choice, and you can have it in a number of uh, uh, colors. I think you can have it in a number of iterations. You can have it with a brand dial. You can have it in two tone with like a gold. Or like a beige uh, dial and a, a gold bezel, eighteen karat pink gold bezel, steel case. So there are a number of versions, but my favorite is the the blue dial steel case black strap um, uh, version. You can also have it on a on a bracelet. So yeah, that's the that's my third pick. I like that one, and I like it for a reason that we've mentioned before on the show. When it comes to getting value, really a lot of watch for your money. It's so hard to look past the entry-level group-owned brands like Tissot and Hamilton directly, those two specifically, and Satina if you're into more um, you know, heavy-duty, rough-and-ready, rugged sports watches, they're great for that. But you can get some great dressy options from Tissot and Hamilton. I personally wear a Hamilton Ardmore. Um, I don't wear it as much as I used to. It's a quartz, quartz watch. Uh, not very complicated at all. It's £395 uh, since we're in GBP at the moment, so sub €500. Euros. Um, it's, it's tiny. It's uh, very slim. Uh, only, only Well, very narrow, should I say. Only about 14.5mm wide, 284 long. Uh, it's, it's a ladies' watch, technically, but I absolutely love it. And um, yeah, you can't, you can't beat it for my money. I think it's just absolute class, super slim, super easy to wear, and just great build quality. For that kind of price, yeah, I think um, we talked about this earlier uh, in one of those episodes when people say oh, I only have four thousand five hundred uh, or four thousand five thousand or I'm uh, sorry four hundred five hundred euros for a watch. What should I get? And I think that nowadays it's it's the 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 best time to buy a, a mechanical watch that's going to last because uh, due to competition, due to technology, due to whatever you're as a, you as a watchmaker probably can can um tell me more about that stuff it's just so many beautiful timepieces are available for for uh, more than affordable prices and um the, the, the you know the, the choice is, is is crazy you can you can literally pick whatever you want in size in 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 color um it's a great time to be a watch fan yeah, it really is. It's a wonderful time to be a watch fan in many different strata of the industry. As we've said many times, I believe that we're living through a second golden age of steel sports watch design. And uh, we see things like the Chapek Antarctic and the H. Moser Streamliner and a Bulgari Otto Finissimo right up at the very luxury level, but right down at the bottom as well. Like you say, that competition from all of these brands, sometimes within the same group, is driving such an excellent spike in quality. Um, we should be rubbing our hands with glee. There's just too much to choose from, really. So hopefully, hopefully Jeremy is satisfied with that answer. He's got some Mm. good choices there from all across the spectrum. Uh, Let's move on to your question number two. Question number two. Um, This is coming from Rebecca Powell. She's she's running us from Columbus, Nebraska, of all places. Okay. I don't know, Rob, if from the top of your head, you know where Columbus, Nebraska is. I did not, I have to say. I had to nope. Google it. Never been. Never been. Yeah. So Columbus, Nebraska, 22,000 people. Um, 
So Rebecca is from Columbus, Nebraska. And well, she's asking a question that I think every watch journalist gets from their friends from time to time, right? Um, she's getting, I mean, she's engaged and she will be getting married next year, next May. And she wants to get a watch for her fiance, um, a wedding watch that he could wear, you know, at the wedding. She sounds but, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great gesture, isn't it? As a, as a, um, as a, a bride to get a watch for your groom and um, future to be husband. But there's a twist because she says that she wants to get a his and hers watch pair actually. So she's also planning on buying the same watch in a smaller size for herself. Okay. Yep. So she wants to get a watch for the for the hubby to be, and she wants to get a watch for herself in a smaller size, but it should be a his and hers. So maybe same brand, same model, even same look. Um, the budget is 8K USD. So what, about 7,000 euros, I would say. And uh, because she listens to Wasp, and obviously she knows that um, we have a connection to sports, um, she just casually mentioned at the end of the email that by the way, she got the money, the 8K, um, from selling a game-worn Bryce Harper rookie jersey she got from her brother, who used to work for a company that did some endorsement with the team where Bryce Harper used to play. Or, well, does he still play there? No, he doesn't still play for the Washington Nationals. Thanks for bringing that up again. He's uh, with the Phillies now, but... um Wow, what a thing. What a wonderful thing. <laughs> you're a horrible bastard. You know, you know, you keep a list of all my teams and just try and dig at me like every uh, every episode. But yeah, Harper has moved on. Former home run derby winner. Uh, wonderful, wonderful player. Didn't win the World Series with the Nationals, though. He should have stuck around for a couple more seasons and enjoyed that ride with us. But yeah, um, what a cool thing. What a great thing to get the money from. She got a good price for that jersey. That's gone for quite a bit of money. But um, easy question. Mm-hmm. Piece of cake easiest one you've ever asked me and i'm gonna guess that you know what i'm gonna say please don't go with nomos <laughs> of course i'm gonna go with nomos of course i'm gonna go with nomos <laughs> you know maybe it's low-hanging fruit but there's a reason for it it's just the right answer now the collection in particular rebecca that i would focus your attention on is the orion collection it's a collection that i i love personally i own one in 38 millimeter but i've looked at buying the 33 and 35 rose myself which is the pink dial one i absolutely love it it's a great great watch now it depends on what kind of dress you're wearing whether you're wearing white or ivory or if you've got color or what kind of color flowers you're going for what kind of tie he's wearing but you've got a lot of variations within the collection okay so if you're wearing a white dress you've got the option of buying maybe the orion white which is 1600 euros it's uh, available in 35 or 38 millimeters. Uh, and oh, actually, you know what? I think it's also available in 33. Yeah, it is available in 33 on a suede strap. So you've got all the sizing options for you. I think that the 35 is probably the balance is, is the nice one. And then for your husband to be, you do have the white dial option available in 38, either with or without a date. Given it's a wedding watch, I would probably steer clear of a date. Um, but if you like the visual balance created by that six o'clock date on a Nomos, which does leave a little bit of distance between the bottom of the sub dial and the edge of the case, then go ahead and get that one anyway. I wouldn't think it would be a terrible thing if you wanted to get yourself the all white one with the uh, rhodium indices and hands and got your husband the more classic gold indices and blue hands that's a bit more masculine. It depends like I say if he's wearing a blue tie, for example, that would be ideal for him um if you've got uh, pink flowers 
then the rosé version is one that I'd point you towards. I absolutely adore that one, like I say, and I would wear it myself, even though it's regarded as a woman's watch. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. That's my answer. It's the best answer. You can go you can go in so many directions with the Orion collection. It's just a piece of cake. You know, when you've got couples, and I've seen it many times when I was working in retail, people coming in wanting to buy boyfriend and girlfriend watches. The great thing about the modern trend in watches as well is that you don't have to get the big one for the man and the small one for the woman. You can get the same size or you can go in the other direction. You know, I know girls that wear like these huge 38 millimeter, 40 millimeter Daniel Wellingtons and they want the 38 mm-hmm. millimeter Nomos. Whereas I am more like leaning towards these more vintage sizes now and putting my uh, small steel cased watches on like Forstner JB Comfits to give them that real 1950s kind of vibe. And I would lean in the direction of a 35 or maybe even the 33, like I said, for myself. So I don't know how tall or broad rebecca's husband to be is if he's a big guy then the 30 38 will be absolutely fine if he's scared of wearing 38 millimeters he normally wears 40 42 don't worry about it the nomos wears more like a 43 millimeter dinner plate it is enormous it has an edge-to-edge sapphire basically no decoration on the dial go ahead get those on your wrists where is she nebraska let me think oh okay so the most local retailer most local nomos retailer uh, would be Borsheim's Fine Jewelry in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, so that's in the same state. That's a massive, massive jewelers. If you walk in the front, the Nomos counter is just to your left. <laughs> if you really need that kind of help, Rebecca, but it's there. Go there. Good team, great team. Uh, you'll find a lot of great stuff there. So that's my suggestion. Yep, that's it. Nice one. Okay. Yeah, I can see that happening. A Nomos, his and hers Nomos. I mean, okay. like I say, it's an easy answer, but I mean, it is, in my opinion, just the clear one for a wedding as well. It's just perfect. So comfortable, those watches. Lovely to wear. All right, the next question. Uh, our last one for the day, and a quick one, hopefully. Um, it's to you, Balaj, of course. It's from Richard Parks in Southampton, mm. also in England. He's, uh, I used to live there, actually. He's a big sports jersey collector like us, and he wants to know whether we draw any parallels between our sports memorabilia collecting and our watch collecting habits. Is it more about having things others don't have, so like the idea of exclusive luxury, or is it the exact opposite and being part of something that attracts us to the hobbies, or is it something else? That's his question. He says hi, by the way. He's a big fan of yours, not mine. Hmm, Obviously. (laughs) 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 It's not even a question. Um... That's an interesting, very interesting question, I have to say, because I, I think for me, it's 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 themes, right? I have themes for my watch collection and also for the jersey collection. So my jersey is easier than yours because you, you basically buy everything. Yeah, I don't. I only buy basketball jerseys and I only buy NBA jerseys and mostly jerseys, vintage ones from the 90s, uh, early 2000s, but rather 90s, and try to buy it from one brand. With the watches, it's a bit different because I like vintage watches. I like chronographs. I like Hungarian Air Force watches. Sometimes they overlap, you know, because it's vintage and chronograph and used by the Hungarian Air Force. But And, of course, Omegas. I have a lot of those. So, you know, I have certain certain themes um with the jerseys it's a bit different and to to answer the second part of the question like do i look for stuff that nobody else has no i look for stuff that i like and i buy jerseys that that i from teams that i adored back in the day obviously chicago bulls was one of those 
uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, I have jerseys from from the Rodman from his Lakers era, from Mavericks era, Spurs era, etc. Um, I have Bulls jerseys in, in red and black and pinstripe. So, um, you know, I don't care if if other people have that. I don't. I don't. I don't want to distance myself from other collectors. Um, I don't collect for other people's. I collect for myself, both watches and jersey. So um, I guess with watches, it's a bit different because it's obviously nice when you have something other people don't and you can kind of show that and 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 educate them on that piece. Or, you know, have you ever been to a watch get-together when where you had a watch that other people wanted to see and they're like, oh my God, I've never seen this in real life. It's so cool. True. So great that you brought this piece because I finally can check it and see it and try it on. That's a good feeling, right? And I say hi, by the way, and I'm a big fan of his, not yours. Oh, the mutual um, appreciation of you two is just sickening, to say the least. I have my fans elsewhere, somewhere, not not listeners of the show, obviously. They um, they were turned against me after my first introduction way back in Wasp 1.0. But um, yeah, in, in, in my real life, in, in private, one or two people don't mind me. But you know what? Um, it was a good answer, actually. I enjoyed it. And I think that buying what you like is, is always the thing we would advise people when they get into the watchmaking hobby. I think, I think I feel the same. Sometimes I buy jerseys to commemorate like a time or a place or like a season. Uh, or if I'm traveling, like if I go to a city, then I buy a jersey off that city as like a memento. Like I don't mm -hmm. buy mugs or something. I like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I can tell you where I bought all of my jerseys and I remember all of them. Like, um, Sometimes, sometimes I will pick up a jersey purely for aesthetics. It's very rare, but I will do it. But almost always, it's because I'm in a place and I want to buy something. And uh, for example, I have, like I said before, or maybe last episode, um, I have a Marc Andre Fleury jersey from the first season of the Golden Knights when they made it to the Stanley Cup finals, and I have it with the patch, the Stanley Cup patch on it. I waited because I was I was adamant they would get there and I would have this inaugural season jersey, which is an amazing thing to have now in the collection. And I assume they're going to make it back to the Stanley Cup finals this year. And I'm planning on buying another one. I'm going to get a white one this time with Mark Stone on the back and I'm going to get the, the patch for 2021. So, you know, I'm already sort of planning ahead. I'm, I'm considering buying a Nationals World Series jersey because I never did when, when they won it. But yeah, they're the reasons really. And uh, I think that you absolutely hit the nail on the head and uh, following your own, your own ideas is always the best way to go about it. You know, I just thought about it. The stuff that I bought, uh, the, the jerseys that I bought or that I buy, because I'm not finished, are jerseys that I, that I wanted to get when I was a kid and I could not, because obviously I didn't have money at the time, you know, to, uh, now I, I have 15, 20 jerseys in my, as a grown-up man, and and my uh, my wardrobe, and my mother probably looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> um, why did you have that stuff? Like, I never had it when I was twelve. You know how? Imagine. I mean, we talked about the 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 infamous Jordan jersey story. Oh uh, yeah, connecting you and your brother. Where's the jersey, by the way? We want to see it. You should you should post a picture on Instagram in the next next podcast now you're back in the uk well it lives around the corner up. i just text him take the jersey um so I'll, I'll text him again and ask him if he can bring that jersey around sometime because yeah. it's from the u.s you said your dad bought it in in the u.s so it's it's not a european you know the european champion and the american champion jerseys were different in production anyways let's not get into that um so yeah so that's that's why i, bu I buy those uh with the watches it's as i said it's more uh 
the themes. But yeah, I think as you said, and as I said, buy the watch that you like, collect the watches that you want to collect for yourself, not for clout, not for the gram, not for nobody's stupid appreciation. Because at the end of the day, it's your money, it's your hobby, it's your fun, it's your interest. That's what 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 all you know what 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 matters, I think, or what should matter to everybody. It's all about you, it? baby. It's all about you. I'm Rob Nuts, bitch. I'm Rob Nuts, bitch. Oh, alrighty, alrighty. On that note, on that classic soundbite, we're gonna sign out from this podcast. We will be back in the studio next week. We will be updating you on exactly how it went down in the NHL and the NBA. We will have some champions for us. We will have some games to discuss. We will have some fine memories to look back on. Until then, stay safe and keep on ticking.